Welcome back to the Nomi Podcast. Tis the season for people pleasing. This time of year, it's not uncommon for our desire to take care of others to take over our lives. But how can we make sure that when we care for others, we're also caring for ourselves? In today's episode, we talk about why we people please, family obligations, the difference between coming from fear and coming from love, and why we should think in priorities to create win-wins. We are so happy you're here. Let's get into it. One of the things that I love about the holiday season is the opportunity to play hostess. And I know a lot of hosts. And one of the things we all have in common, whether you're hosting or not hosting, is just the desire to take care of our loved ones and make the holiday season really special for them. And in doing so, I keep coming across this really similar conversation and I'm hearing it come up with clients as well, that all of my caretaker personalities, including me, We are all really struggling to find space for ourselves because we're so fixated on taking care of everyone else. So Mm. I'd love to talk a little bit about how we can be wonderful, generous, giving people and still create space to take care of ourselves. Yeah, that's a really great conversation. And you know what? I'd love to say that when you get to be my age and you've lived through a few more holiday seasons or just big events, being a caregiver, that you would not fall into this. I call it people pleasing, which is different than pleasing people. Because of course, if you're say hosting something, you want to make sure that all your guests are getting their needs met. We're so focused on everyone else's needs. We forget about ourselves. Absolutely. And what you just said also, guests getting their needs met. One of the themes I see is that needs are not being explicit. (laughs) They're often Ah, anticipated. So Mm -hmm. whether it's about you not creating space for your own needs because you're not Mm -hmm. checking in with yourself, or it's about overcompensating and anticipating the needs of others because we don't trust them to advocate for themselves and then might end up feeling underappreciated because we're not actually meeting a need that was explicit. We're meeting a need that was assumed. I think one of the other things is Getting out of this assumption land, both in the external and the anticipation of other people's needs, and also in not checking in with ourselves. And I think what would be the most useful in this conversation is to start with the most important space, which is yourself, figuring Mm. out what your needs are. So do you have any strategies that you share with your clients this time of year for checking in with self? It goes back to setting intentions, right? Which is one of the strategies that we talked about in earlier podcasts, which is start the day setting an intention, and then you can end the day seeing how close you came to that intention. The other word that's coming to mind or the concept that's coming to mind for me is prioritizing, because I hear a lot of this. I definitely heard a lot of it as we moved through Thanksgiving with a lot of hosts hosting Thanksgiving at their homes. And they were going crazy because they did just what we're talking about is that they were so focused on meeting all the needs for all their guests and felt like they were just batting zero on all of it because it's not possible to meet everyone's needs. My strategy in the past has been to talk about priorities, to say, listen, 
you know what, I want to know what all your needs are. And so what I've said to each of the people that I care about is, Give me your number one priority. So of all those needs that you had, what's your number one? Because there's a better chance that you're going to meet people's number one, including yourselves, right? So if my number one priority is to just get people together, then if that is similar to other people, oh, just to be together, then the food out the window. When we're checking in with ourselves and others in terms of priorities, it's also important I find for myself to check in my energy levels. Because a lot of times for me, this time of year, I'm really busy. I'm really tired. I'm waiting for the end of the year. I get so blindsided sometimes about taking care of others and being there for them that sometimes I don't take care of myself. And Mm -hmm. as a result, when something goes wrong, like things often do, I don't have the energy or the resources to cope. And so everything feels like a much bigger deal than it actually is this time of year because I'm so tired. So checking in with myself and understanding what are those really deep things that I need. So not just about how to organize the event, but also am I looking to connect with people? Will that help me feel more energized? Am I looking to nourish myself with delicious food? Am I looking to have good conversation? Yeah, so really just trying to start with myself, to start with how I can show up as the best version of myself, as the most aware version of myself, because I can't take care of anyone else when I am in a place of complete depletion. And this is really one of the key tools to help us move away from people-pleasing and to be able to care the way we want to care, which is practice putting ourselves first, right? Because you're absolutely right. We need energy and emotional resources to help others. So if we're depleted in those things, right? If we don't take care of ourselves, we won't be capable of doing anything for anyone else. Mm -hmm. It's because... You just can't help others until you help yourself by getting good sleep, by eating well or whatever. It reminds me of many Christmases. And I think I've shared this, my story with you girls. Like you said, working full time, the three of you were little. And in my mind, I wanted to have the perfect Christmas. And so I had all these visions of what that meant, whether it meant that there was um, beautifully wrapped gifts under the tree and special things in the stocking and all of this kind of stuff. But literally I would throw a really great Christmas morning. And then by noontime, I was in bed with the flu and I would have such a flu. I guess it was the flu or cold, whatever, that I was pretty much down and out for the rest of you guys' vacation. You would have thought I would have learned that year number one, but no, I would say, if I've got to be honest, Mm. it took me uh, several years to figure out, oh, okay, I can still do the things I want to do, but I'm going to come from a much better place of accomplishing it if I take care of me, if I put myself in the equation. I watch caretakers and givers often fall into people-pleasing habits. And it's because it has an illusion of being all about being caring for others. It's all about them. We're people-pleasing because we want them to be happy. 
But what I've learned and what you and I have spoken about quite extensively, mom, is that people pleasing is all about ourselves. Mm. And this was a Mm -hmm. huge aha moment for me in trying to overcome some of these people pleasing behaviors I didn't particularly like in myself, which was realizing that it's a safety tactic. It's a self-protection tactic. Because if I can try to control everyone's responses by trying to make sure that they're happy and their needs are covered, the ones I assume are the ones they tell me, and I'm bending over backwards and I'm trying just to placate everyone, then they'll turn around and they'll love me. There'll be no animosity, no upset, no problems. It will create a space I can relax and be appreciated and loved and needed. When I realized that's the real driver, it gave me the opportunity to say, okay, do I want to do this really winding road subversive tactic of taking care of myself via taking care of others? Or do I just want to take the shortcut and take care of myself? Because I can't control ultimately, you know, what other people do. So at least if I take care of myself and I make sure that I'm grounded and rested and energized and happy and I know my priorities and I'm communicating well, then when something goes off, I'm okay. I can handle it. Another concept that comes to mind is confidence. If I'm confident in myself, if I know myself, my values, what I stand for, that I stand for being a considerate, a respectful, uh, a caring, a fun-loving person, then I don't need to worry about being loved by others because the love starts internally first. If I go back Mm -hmm. to my story about trying to have the most magical Christmas for the three of you, it was absolutely all about me. I was focused that it was all about the three of you, (laughs) but it was really all about me because I wasn't quite sure that I was a good mom, that maybe because I wasn't a stay-at-home mom and I did work full-time and I was usually working most a partway through Christmas Eve or, or whatever it was, it really was about me validating me, but in, like you said, a very indirect way. All it did was wear me down. So if I had started from the place of, no, Cynthia, you are a good mom and define it the way I feel a good, you know, quote unquote, mom mm. is, then then the doing activities, right, are mm. just so easy peasy to pick because they support the being activity. When you said confidence, I wrote down confidence in relationships, because I think Mm. this is also a huge part of this time of year is I don't want to offend anyone. So then we get into obligation land. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to invite them or I have to stop by their house or I have to Mm -hmm. make sure this happens. And Mm -hmm. this is people pleasing. Right. But we don't always see it as people pleasing. We see it as obligations. We see it Mm -hmm. as this is just what I do or this Mm -hmm. is just a tradition. I can't break that. So there's Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. It really enmeshed. So what are your thoughts on confidence in your relationship and bond to another person and how you can come from that place in order to maybe overcome some of these people pleasing behaviors. I think that it's okay to practice, you know, showing kindness when you mean it. Of course, kindness is great, right? But kindness doesn't come from a desire to earn approval. And it generally doesn't involve any kind of motive beyond wanting just to be kind. So before you maybe offer to help, consider your intentions, right? Once again, checking in with ourselves, like what is my motive? 
do I have an expectation or a desired outcome by Mm. this act of kindness? So in addition to just blatant people pleasing, which I think can happen anytime, especially around this time of year, I also hear a lot of self-sacrificing obligation talk. For a lot of my loved ones, they have elderly people in their lives or people who can't necessarily advocate for themselves or physically do the things that they want to do. And they feel very beholden to those people's wishes. And if you're comfortable talking about it, I've really been in awe of how you've approached your relationship to the holidays, having uh, an older parent and taking care of yourself and bringing your needs to the table, mom, while also making sure that Papa's happy and Papa's taken care of. So how did you get to that healthy place? Years, honestly, years of negotiating basically with myself and choosing my values over my fears, you know, to sum it up. And what I mean by that is that my value is to spend quality time with the people that I care for. And especially my dad, my mom had passed away years ago. And so my dad is it as far as a parent. And he definitely has some specific ideas about Mm -hmm. what's meaningful to him, but he's not really a really good communicator. So what I needed to do is I needed to communicate with myself first and then approach him and do it not from fear-based, but from, from a loving perspective, because fear-based, I would people please. So what do you want, dad? And how do you want it? And, and not really get into the why just, okay, I'll make that happen or I'll make that happen. And then I realized that I wasn't getting the reinforcement back the way I wanted to. And I was still feeling fearful that if I upset him or if I didn't do something the way, say, my mom used to do it, he would be upset with me or angry with me or disappointed in me or whatever. And and he never said any of this. This is all going on in my head. I'm making mm. up all the all this stuff, right? So I asked my dad, I said, okay, dad, if you have to pick one thing that's the most meaningful to you about Christmas Eve, what would it be? And he said to me, his number one priority would be for us all to be together under the same roof at the same time. And then fast forward a couple of weeks later, got a message from him that he had another priority. And that priority was a sit down meal. And so I could have let that totally derail me and gone into my, oh my God, okay, we need to do that. And, and then change the direction, but I didn't, you know, I circled back with him and I said, okay, now that I know what this is, talk to me a little bit about why. And, you know, he said, oh, that was a tradition that your mom did and has good memory for me and all of that kind of stuff. So I said, okay, maybe The compromise will be that we won't have this really fancy, elaborate, my mom was an excellent cook. We will just be all together under the same roof, which is meaningful to me as well. And we will have a sit down meal, but it's just going to be a little more casual. And he said, that sounds wonderful. Thank you for hearing me. And so I created what what I like to call a win-win. So we check in with ourselves. What would be our win what would be the win for another person? If you can achieve both, then it's a win-win. 
And so I encourage people, try to create a win-win, but if you can't, pick you. In a coaching session that I was recently in where I got some amazing insights, I was speaking about my own experience of this next couple of weeks wanting to take it slower pace, but feeling like I have a lot of obligations going on. And I love this win-win language because it speaks to me about compromise. And in my coaching session, I had this aha moment where I said, there's a difference between compromise and sacrifice. Sacrifice is giving something up. Compromise is creating space for both. I think that this time of year, there's a narrative of it has to be self-sacrifice, but it doesn't. It can be Mm -hmm. compromised. It's not usually an easy process, but What the recipe for compromise is rather than self-sacrifice is inviting both people to the conversation. So actually allowing people to advocate for their needs and priorities, inviting yourself to the conversation, you know, asking, checking in with yourself and your needs and being creative as well. I think when you are really talking in the language of priorities, you're pushing yourself to get down to the essence of things. And when you only have to cover the essence of something, it leaves you so much more space for problem solving. Whereas if you have these very complicated lists of demands, of course, it's going to be really hard to solve a problem, but just really making it simple. And that's what priorities do do is we tend to pluralize priorities, but actually you can really only have one. (laughs) That's how a priority works. And so it just leaves so much more space for compromise Mm -hmm. and for that win-win. The other thing that came up while I was hearing you was how eloquently, even though I know it took years, you were able to translate obligation into honoring values. Obligation is a have to. And I find, as you were saying, have to language tends to be fear language. I have to do Mm -hmm. this. Well, why? Because if I don't do it, someone will be angry. Okay, what then? They won't love me. They won't need me. They won't enjoy my presence. They won't want to spend time with me. I'll be alone. I'll die by myself. That's a bit extreme, but it's fear. And so when we feel obligation and we're caring people, which is typically how I find people are, usually you are honoring a value somewhere under there, which is that you want to be kind, that you want your loved ones to be taken care of. So you're honoring Mm -hmm. the value of caring, honoring Mm -hmm. the value of generosity. You're honoring quality time as something you enjoy. And rather than coming from the place of, oh, I have to do this because if not, this person will be angry and this, 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 this. Being able to come from that position of how am I honoring a value here? What makes this important to me that makes it feel like I can't just choose me outright? Moving from a have to to a want to. Exactly. That's just such a beautiful shift. But again, it really requires inviting yourself to the conversation. So Mm -hmm. you you really can't delete yourself and Mm -hmm. overstep your own needs if you want to create the Mm win-win. Otherwise, you're forfeiting by default. You're talking the difference between fear-driven versus Mm love-driven or confident-driven behaviors and thoughts. And I'm a firm believer that the fear-driven doesn't necessarily have the best outcome. Whereas the love driven or the confident driven, right, does. Don't get caught in the weeds because there's so many. That's the other thing is the volume is overwhelming. So this priority really helps. And then communicate. This is my priority. Who's going to argue when you say my priority is really making sure you have a good Christmas? And you've just hit the difference between people pleasing and pleasing people. Yes. You can choose to disengage from people pleasing behaviors and still choose to do the thing that makes the other person happy. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. But you're doing it from a place of 
kindness and compassion and love. Right. Rather than fear. Right. Right. And protecting yourself because you don't need to protect yourself. If you go out in love and compassion and kindness and from a place of your values and that place of confidence, you're probably not going to get backlash because other people will see and witness you for what you are. And even if you do, how can you argue with it when you've come from that Mm -hmm. perspective? Then there's nothing you've done wrong. I think, you know, just to kind of wrap it up, some bullet points come to mind to move us into this place of win-wins, to this place of purposeful values and caring and loving, which is choose your values over your fears. Set some boundaries that are needed for yourself and for others. Communicate. Get people that love you on board with what you're trying to achieve. Communicate. Invite yourself, like you said, as well as others, to the conversation. Get comfortable saying no because maybe that isn't going to create a win-win. Take mini mental health breaks. Really figure out what caring for yourself means during this holiday season. And give yourself grace. I don't think I could summarize it any better than that. So I will leave it there. I would just urge everyone to, in the bustle and the hustle of the season, to slow down, to try and get yourself out of reaction mode, to really create that space and sit with yourself and really say, what will help bring joy into this time? What will help bring presence and connection and belonging or anything else that you really value? So without further ado, would you like to finish us off with a quote? I would. It's actually, these lyrics are in Encanto, and they stand out to me with this conversation. And the lyrics are, what could I do if I just knew it didn't need to be perfect? It just needed to be. I love Encanto. I do too. It's so true. It's just okay to just be you. No people-pleasing needed. As you know, for me and my mom, we are big fans of relationship to self. It's what Nomi is all about. So in the new year, we will be launching retreats that help you to take some of these practices and make them immediately actionable and applicable to your lives to really deepen that relationship to self. We'll have more information on this in coming podcasts, but keep an eye out for it or an ear out, as they would say. And you can visit our website, nomi.coach, or email us for more information if you want an inside scoop. We're really excited for what's to come and we can't wait to partner with you on how to get to know me better. So from the bottom of our hearts, we hope that you have enjoyed our episodes so far this year. It's been such a joy spending time with you. We hope you have a happy holiday and of course, be well. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and be sure to come back next time for more helpful conversations. You can get in touch to work with us one-on-one or request a topic at any time by emailing us at podcast at Until then, this is Cynthia and Madeline asking you to be good to you. 